You're listening to episode 33 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. I'm your host, Andrew. And I'm your host, Eli. Andrew, let's press on, man, with our in their own words. I'm really excited about this. Uh, we've gotten some great feedback about this. People love hearing the interviews um, yeah. of locals. And one guest wrote in and just commented how, in his view, it must be you know, a kind of empowering thing for locals to have a voice in this way. And Yeah, I agree. We, um, through my tour company recently, we had a group of Americans here, tourists, and um, they got to be in the home of some local Circassians, Kabardians. And it was just a really cool opportunity because if we're honest, most people in the world don't know much about the nations of the North Caucasus. It is just a neat opportunity to be able to kind of build those connections more. Yeah. So today we are sanctifying this episode. Oh. <laughs> to Ingushetia, the English oh nation. <laughs> Were you ready for that? No. I've not ever, I mean, it's not every day someone throws the word sanctifying into casual conversation. Not, Let, so, but let's go. Get ready. You're not just any old guy. <laughs> um, yeah, today's our, so we had Dagestan last time. This is Ingush Syria. Ingushetia, Ingush, yeah. Do you say Ingushet or Ingushet? Ingushetia. Ingushetia. Yeah. I think I always try and throw an extra S in there right after the sh, which is really difficult and yeah. is not correct. Ingushet, yeah. in, Ingushetia. Ingushetia. Just say it five times in a row. Ingushetia, you know, it's a really cool place because, for one, it's, it's the smallest republic in the North Caucasus. It is just this tiny piece of land. Um, but it also has some of the most just absolutely amazing, uh, views, mountain, beautiful nature. And of course we talked a lot about the towers there, which we're going to hit on later So how today. are we, how are we devoting this, this to Ingushetia? So we got, we got our in their own words interview coming up. So today yep. we talk with Ingush folks and. I, I just want to say there was some translation involved and so and a bunch of mics and bleed from one mic to the other. So it'll, And multiple interviews. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little little there's some chop, but it's you know, it's reality Get ready reality for the chop, podcasting. Chop. Yeah. Um but you have um, a little feature lit for us, featureling. Yeah, so I recently spent an entire day in Ingushetia. Um I was there on a business trip, but I'm titling this segment A Day in the Life as a Caucasus Guest. And, and this means you, you, you were a guest in one person's home? Uh, I was. <laughs> Ingushetia is the kind of place when you go there, uh, it's, like, it's like you're coming to everybody's home. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was really cool. Of course, I was there. I had multiple business meetings. Right. Um, but I just wanted to share some of the highlights and uh, did a really cool field recording in the middle of it, which we're going to um, play here in a little bit. Yeah, so um, I was there from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., so literally the entire day. And uh, I was at the mercy of my English hosts. Like, literally, they were taking care of me all day. Um, That's a long day to be a guest. Not 
to mention being a host. So like what I mean by that is I knew there was a couple meetings I need to have, but you know, I'm from the United States. Normally I would schedule out a day like that. I would have, you know, my 9 a.m. meeting, 11 a.m., right. maybe have lunch with somebody at 1230 and then a meeting in the afternoon, kind of have a general idea of what I was going to be doing with who, et cetera. But uh, here you kind of just go with the flow and uh, go where your host takes you. Um, so, so walk uh, us through this day, this, this full yeah. So a couple, couple highlights, uh, things I wanted to point out. Of course, I was kind of like, um, taken around by different drivers at different point. Uh, so I was in a couple taxis. I had a couple acquaintances or friends drive me around. Right. And, uh, you're, you're always treated with honor when, uh, you get in somebody else's car for them to take you somewhere. So, uh, at seven forty-five that morning, um, I, found a taxi driver and asked him if he could take my, take me to my friend's house. I'd just gotten there on a train actually. Uh-huh. And, uh, the taxi driver act, turned out actually to be Chechen. He was from Chechnya. And so he took me to my friend's house and he refused to let me pay when I got there. <laughs> Not the first time that's happened to you. Lucky. Yeah. Uh, but he was just like, no, you're a guest and, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to take your money. So he, I mean, it just, that might would be like surprising to some of you if that happened to you, but I've been here long enough. It didn't really surprise me, but I'm just always in another, on another sense, like amazed when it does happen. You sure. Know? So you're um, not exactly advising people not to pay when they get out of taxis, but no, definitely <laughs> <laughs> pay. But, and then, uh, later that morning, uh, my friend and I, we rode in a, uh, marshutka, like a kind of minibus, minibus. Yeah. And, uh, we were in the front seat and, the driver found out I was uh, from America, and we had good talk, but he refused to take my payment oh, at, the end of the, man. at the end of the ride. Oh, yeah. for two, Andrew. Um, so just it's basically you see this pattern of always uh, guests be taken great care of. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was one, one thing. Uh, another was I had a lot of chai, of hot tea. You actually have this notated in a document on accounting. <laughs> What's your total... Intake of, oh, of chai. You had at, at the end of the day, I was like, I have to, I have to think through. I have to write it down because I, I cannot pee. remember. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, that was after I went to the bathroom. Um, but I had to write down all my meetings with people and meals because I couldn't, couldn't remember. Keep track. Did you of have how many chai, of chai at lunch? Also, you have lunch with Bashir. Well, so you have to remember in the Caucasus, uh, drinking chai or hot tea that that's a given at every meal and pretty much plus any other time you're meeting with anybody or sitting down with somebody or seeing somebody that's just a part of the deal. So <coughs> I had total, I had total five sit down either meals or snacks or something meetings or something with people. Oh man! And so I think I counted at least five. Yeah, five as a minimum. I'm thinking probably there was seven at least cups of chai I had. Moly. Yeah. So we're talking mugs um, of tea. I mean, were you just like shaking and jittering by the end of the day? <laughs> I would be. And not getting anywhere I near would. to falling asleep at 11 p.m. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but again, this is part of, this is kind of the um, ritual of just honoring your guests. And it's kind of, 
what you do when you spend time with people. You have chai or sweets or snacks uh, or fruit. And you just talk over a cup of tea. And people will do this in office buildings or like administrator. Like I've been in dean's offices in universities. And you don't think of in the U.S. of someone like reaching behind their desk and pulling up a kettle. But here that's very, very common. It's like here's the electric kettle and they get it all out and they give you candy. And it's really nice. My kids love going on meetings with me. I I have a um, one of my business partners here in uh, Pitigorsk. Her name's Ina. Um, every time that we meet about um, you know some of our tourism different partnerships, um, without fail, as we're wrapping up like the business part of the meeting, she heads over to this one part of the room and starts cutting up fresh fruit, pomegranates, Whoa. kiwis oranges, uh, and we always finish our time with uh, chai, and she always has really tasty fresh fruit. Man. Um, yeah, so it's just kind of a part of the deal. It's you a know? little bit more than a handshake. Well, that's really yeah, so gone. I, yeah, so, like, here's the settings I did this in. Uh, several people's homes. Uh, one was in a federal tourism building. So it was like, yeah, it was a part of a business meeting. Um, another, other, several at meals. We went to, and then we went to a cafe uh, for another point. Yeah. So it's just everywhere. It's part of what you do. For sure. Yeah. So um, that was really cool. And then, uh, you know, I just met so many people and, this is a lot of it is uh, a tribute to my friend, good friend Visan. Um, uh, he's actually one of the people we interview today. Um, but uh, it's kind of the thing: your friend is my right. friend. And um, man, I met so many people uh, that day. Just uh, he was introducing me to people and people we ran into that he know. Um, you know, that's yeah, ha- having that's really been neat. out of out of the caucuses for a little bit traveling this year it is really funny when a group you just with someone and then a group comes up or people they know like people don't automatically expect that they're going to meet you and i find myself just right. like boring into people with my eyes not really intentionally but sort of like okay you've greeted your person but like we all have to shake hands are you're not just going to come and talk to your friend and leave and of course that is what we do here because it's not assumed you know, in our yep. culture that, in yeah, that, yeah, States, in, yeah. in American culture that you're supposed to meet someone's person just because they're there. I mean, you can greet them, but that's, you know, that would, might feel intrusive or something. So, um, yeah, you meet people when you're in a situation like that. Yeah. And it, I mean, a perfect example of that is, um, at two o'clock that day had just met briefly with my friend Bashir, but he brought one of his coworkers and uh, Bashir had to go back to work, and his coworker <laughs> just literally stayed oh, with us the rest nice. of the day until That's 10 o'clock. <laughs> Your friend is yeah. my friend. So, um, yeah, anyways, uh, that is just kind of gives you a good idea. Day in the life is a Caucasus guest. They take great care of you. You're exhausted by the, by the end, but a lot of But lot caffeinated. Of well, tell us about this field That's notes right. that you got while you were there. Oh, man, this was really cool. So uh, one highlight. Uh, of the day was um, my friend Vishan, he took me to a training center. It was a boxing training center for children 
there in Ingushetia. That's right, folks. You heard and that right. It, Boxing for children. Go on, Andrew. Yes. Uh, and uh, leading the training was the 2008 um, heavyweight boxing champion of the world, literally the gold not, medalist of the Not Asian me, if, you, if, you're, if you're wondering. Different. Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's an English guy. His name's Rakim Jakayev. Wow. And um, we, I got to go and meet him and then basically just hang out while he was doing a training session. With, there was probably um, maybe 40, maybe 30 uh, young boys. And uh, that's what this field, field notes is. I just took, took the recording while I was in there. So, yeah, this will give you, I think, a good kind of, no, not the smells <laughs> of this, but definitely the, sa- the sounds. The we'll sounds spare of you it. the smells. So, uh, why, don't, why don't we just play this now for our listeners? Hey, so Andrew here. I'm reporting live from Magas Ingushetia, the capital of Ingushetia. And I am inside of a children's training, boxing training center. And uh, the head of the boxing training center is Rakim Jakayev. And uh, he was the 2008 gold medal heavyweight boxing champion in the Beijing Summer Olympics. Uh, just met him. Great guy. And uh, just getting to be here and watch kind of him train up the future generation of Ingush Caucasus boxers. Um, maybe mixed martial arts fighters, wrestlers. But you can probably hear the, the noises here in the background. If you'll just listen for a second. So guys are shadow boxing. They've got weights in their arms, practicing their their steps, their their jabbing sequences. The trainers are training them. We've got guys punching punching bags. They're dancing around on their feet. Got all ages in here, probably from age six, probably age five, up to 15, 16. We've got a, a trainer in the ring practicing with one of his students. Pretty cool to watch. Just a small taste of what's such a big deal all over the Caucasus. Uh, young men getting disciplined, training. Um, and what is the by far most popular sport in the North Caucasus? Wrestling, boxing, and hand combat sports. So, pretty cool. Fun, Andrew. I'm really. I'm. I feel proud of you. I mean, I, I don't mean that to be <laughs> condescending, but that was. You. Were, I mean, you, you were have my to. Inspiration you know, way to life. think about it. Even just hearing some of what you could hear in the background and, and hearing you talk about it gives you a sense of, yeah, like 30, 40 young kids learning to box. That's, yeah, that's and it's, different, man. it's part of life here. Um, so hope that was enjoyable for you guys. And, uh, yeah, let's just move right into our interview uh, interviews with our and now your new English friends. Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to the studio representing the Ingush Nation in Ingushetia, 
the Gazdiev brothers, Bishan and Ramzan. Give them a round of applause. Hi, everyone. Hi. Thanks for inviting Yeah, so we've, <laughs> we've got this great series in their own words going on, and we have some of the representatives from the Vainak Nation, specifically from the Ingush people. Um, Visan and Ramzan are good friends of mine, um, have shown me around Ingushetia and fed me shashlik. And then they're true friends. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so anyways, um, let's dive right in. So we have translating for us today, Inal, a good friend of mine. Inal, Inal welcome hey. to the studio. And I have to say, Hello, I owe a, a personal debt to Inal because when I first moved here, and Andrew was busy, <laughs> and I needed help. Wow. Enol Since came in. Resentment. No, no, it was good. Yeah, and that was a good friend. And he came and he, he got me my internet, man. Nice. You got the router, the modem installed. <laughs> Amazing. Come on, guys. <laughs> so Enol is a good friend of ours. Enol, real quick, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, what's your name? How old are you? And why don't you tell our listeners what your nationality is? Yeah, uh, my name is Inal. I'm 24. I'm from Caucasus. I'm from Karachay, Turkish Republic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm half Karachay and half Abazin. Yeah. Abazin. Yeah. Abazin. So you yeah. are you are the first Abazin we've ever had on the show. I mean, first half of the half Abazin. of an Abazin. <laughs> yeah. Another. We'll get the other half another time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but very cool. So that's in Karachay, Cherkessia, The main nations there are the. Karachai people, Cherkes, yeah. or the Circassian, and Abizin, correct? Abizin, yeah. Very cool. That's very cool. Um, yeah, and so why don't we get started? So um, Ramzan and Vishan, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Who are you? Where are you from? How old are you? Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Vishan Gazdiev, and I'm Ingush. I'm from the Republic of Ingushetia, and I'm 27 years old. Awesome. Hi everyone, my name is Ramzan. Uh, я студент, учусь на четвертом курсе, ну, заканчиваю точнее. Ну, мне 24 года. Все. Hi, I'm Ramzan, I'm 24 and uh, I'm graduating uh, PSLU, yeah, State Linguistic University. Yeah. Cool. Ramzan, I've never heard your English before. I'm very <laughs> impressed. Um, so let's start off. Uh, if you guys, you guys are from the Ingush people in Ingush Nation, if you could describe to our listeners who are the Ingush people, who is the Ingush Nation, in just a couple of sentences, what would you say? Yeah, uh, I try to speak English and uh English, it means the people of tower at first. Okay. And all our life, it's uh, contained, uh, it's how it's, it's right, uh, with the towers in the ancient times. Yeah. And till this time, uh, English, it means the people of the tower. Wow. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. That's cool. Yeah. And I- am I correct? Is Ingushetia the land of the towers? Is that right? Yeah. And especially the mountain. Uh, area it's uh, the land of the towers and legends and uh, legends they get legends yeah, of course in there. sounds like a movie title or something <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> that's cool what about you ramzan how would you describe the english nation no english canadian 
То есть ингуши славятся тем, что вот, во-первых, своим гостеприимством, да. Ингуш people, they are famous for hospitality at first, and then they they pledged allegiance to the to their country, you know, to the to their republic, and yeah, and. Uh, they help uh, the country at a moment's notice. Yeah. Okay, and I want to affirm what they said about English hospitality. I've experienced the English hospitality, and it's it's world class. It's top notch. So awesome, cool. So you guys speak the English language, yeah, and uh, the English. It's part of the Vinok language group uh, you know in general it's uh, one nasko dagestanske it's a branch of okay. family yeah and uh, chechen and english and uh, it's uh, how it's, it's one branch of this family this language family it's right of the dagestan yeah. family nasko dagestanske it's called okay yeah Uh, Chechenian language has much in common with uh, English language and uh, English guys and Chechenian guys they can communicate um, pretty well and they can understand each other hmm. so you speak the English language but you also speak Russian fluently so explain to our listeners what is it What's the difference between those languages for you guys? The modern English language, uh, it's, uh, I don't want to say it's, uh, this language includes a lot of Russian words. Okay. And English, when he uh, talk with another people, with another English guy, he can uh, change, uh, change in one minute, twice and third uh, between the Russian and English right, language. Right. So is that because are there certain things that are better said in Russian that, that you can... Is there certain things that you can explain better using Russian and certain things you can explain better using English? Why switch back and forth? I have a lot of uh, friends. They are uh, from different uh, republics. Uh, and uh, uh, we speak to each other in Russian. Uh, and uh, with time I, get, I got used to it so uh, I speak uh, Russian a lot and uh, lately I don't communicate so much uh, with the uh, English guys so I use more uh, Russian than English yeah. so I think that's a good reminder for our listeners we're in Russia but here in the Caucasus there are around 50 different nationalities And so, of course, like Ramzan was saying, to communicate with his friends who are not in Gush, you have to speak Russian. You know, Russian is the unifying language. Um, so, Ramzan, who are, what are some of the different nationalities of your friends if they're not in Gush? I have Russian friends, uh, Bulgarian friends, uh, Karachay friends, and I have friends from Dagestan, uh, Avarian, uh, Kumik. Um, so how would you guys compare the English nation with other peoples in the Caucasus? Obviously, all Caucasus peoples are very hospitable, but what makes the English unique among other Caucasus peoples? You know, it's a very interesting question. We are all the Caucasus hospital is similar, I'd like to say. Uh, I don't know. It's, uh, we have this tradition. 
when people come to our house, uh, we cannot ask him uh, where you're from, what what you uh, do here, or how long you want to stay here. At first three Whoa. days, uh, we uh, he is a real guest. Hmm. He become like a one of one of member of this family. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you can't ask him ever. No. Three days. Yeah, three days. You can't ask. You just he is a guest. He say, should stay in the red corner. Uh, uh-huh. You uh, should give him the best food which you have. And uh, till this three day, three days, uh, you can't ask him about uh, anything. And what happens after three days? Then you can ask him questions, or then he has to leave. No. <laughs> so when these three days is uh, finished, you can ask him. Uh, maybe he have some problem. Maybe he need the help uh, or something else. And he then he can decide. Uh, we ask him if you want to uh, can stay with us and be a member of our family, or if you want to help, if you want some help, we can help to you or to something can help with each other what you want. You know, Andrew, this reminds me of the, a word that that we just discovered in our recent game of Boulder Dash, <laughs> which is Thwartnik. You remember that? I don't remember that. This was just a few nights ago. So the game. So we look up words you don't know and never makes up definitions. And we got this word thwartnik. Actually, I think I think my wife chose it. And it is a, uh, a entertaining a sheriff for three days. Yes, I remember that. Remember, like it was yeah. kind of in passing. <laughs> and it makes me wonder if there's like a three-day tradition that exists other places in the world where you sort of are obligated for at least three days to put someone up. Yeah. Food for thought. Yes. Well, it it really is an amazing tradition when you think about. I've had other Caucasus nations yeah. tell me that Kabardines and others yeah. um, say this is how it used to be in the Caucasus. Yeah. You you wouldn't ask for three days. You would just take care of them, and then after three days, you could ask and help. And it kind of puts the shame like hospitality from where we're from. You know, like totally. All right, it's been about two hours. Well, it was great to see you guys. Um, what are you still doing here? See you next month or something. You know. Um, yeah, so that's that's really cool. And I'd like to say one more interesting thing. I noticed that in American family or in a Spanish family, uh, when he say uh, something like mi casa, tu casa, uh-huh. it means that uh, you can feel yourself like you're a member. Right. But in, Co- in Coco's home, in Coco's hospitality, they uh, should, they have to serve you all the time. It's true. When you've uh, been there, you have to sh- uh, serve him and you have to have uh, all he all his uh, wishes yeah? meet, meet his, his needs yeah, yeah what all everything that he need you can to serve him and if you need to drink tea if you, if you want to eat something and uh, i i can i don't know how it's in english but i say it in russia the dozen uh, the need to, to foretell his life. needs yeah. Uh, his wishes like anticipate what he needs before he needs it yeah yeah so the moral of the story listeners is it's good to be a guest in a Caucasus home (laughs) I don't think I don't think that's uh, there's any question in our listeners minds at this point (laughs) it's funny I've always thought like what's the last place in the world I would if I just got dropped into that part of the world and was lost and had to find my way out what would be the worst place or the hardest place but (laughs) 
the Caucasus would be great. Because according to their traditions, they'll take you in Wander and just make right you a member of their family. Right, and they won't even ask why you're there. <laughs> and I'd like to say also, uh, until the ancient times, uh, if when you have a guest and something bad happened with uh, your guest, it means that uh, this guy is a snake. Snake. Oh. Yeah. They, snake. All the community, they start thinking that this guy is snake. And it's a, the greatest uh, shame for, for this person. Mm. If something happened in these three days with his guest, it means that he's a snake and he can't do anything. And uh, so it's a shame on the host yeah. for allowing something bad yeah. to happen to his yeah. guest. Wow. And also it's interesting because in these hard times when the people fought each other, and uh, so in this time if the uh, chronic is how it's in English if, colony huh? what is the word chronic chronic no vendetta oh, I mean. uh, okay. feud between families yeah, yeah. vendetta call this and one word no. vendetta. vendetta and if or someone feud. run out after this situation and you host him and his enemies come to your house and want to maybe kill him or get out him, you should and you have to uh, protect him. Wow. Mm-hmm. And because if something bad happened, because it's a guest, and if something bad happened with him in your house, and it's start, uh, it's become to your, they become to your enemies, right? And his enemies too. Wow, man, I think that speaks a lot to, like what is the symbol of the home? What is the value of your home? You know, often you think it's just kind of a roof over our heads and this is where I am with my family, but really it's like almost a refuge for anybody who ever enters the doors, you know? And, a, and therefore a, a reflection of the head of the home mainly. Right. You know, how it's... It's a reflection of the person. Of yeah. the person. Wow. Sure. Man. And this situation also... Uh, how sent us to why English people build towers. Oh, good transition. Yeah. To the towers. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the towers. <laughs> yeah. And so if you've been there, English city, and I think that you noticed this, that uh, every English uh, the tower complex, it's uh, something like a mini, maybe something like castle. Castle, yeah. Yeah. With big stone uh, walls and big tower, uh, and also this how to why they build these the towers and they will just like this because they in these uh, hard times they have to protect them and of mm. course they guess too, mm. and it is much it's much easier if you have a good uh, tower complex. Right, that's what I always say. It's easier yeah. to protect guests in a good tower complex. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to return to the towers. Um, it's good to have finally a local expert on and the towers. In, in the, the Russian studio. language, we can say, Moy dom, moya krepost. Let's turn to this. <laughs> or my house is my... No, no, no. Household. Fortress. 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 Yeah, my house is my fortress. fortress. We, have a similar, we have a similar thing in English. People talk about their home being their castle. Yeah. Okay, so Visan, you transitioned us to the towers. So we talk about the towers a lot in our podcast. <laughs> Come up again how and beautiful again. they are. Um, let's get some hard facts about the towers. So 
how many centuries have the towers existed? How long ago did the English people actually live in the towers, the beautiful towers in their mountains? Uh, at first, they built, start built towers. Uh, they um, in maybe in two thousand years ago. Wow! Ooh. Because you know, it might be more earlier, but the the general that we can see now, they uh, start built in seventh century. Wow! Until this time, and uh, and also you can uh, you maybe you see if you remember the temple of uh, Trabayardi. Also, it's a uh, Christian Christ, Christian temple. Mm-hmm. Also, it was built in uh, between 8th and 9th century. Wow. So I've, I haven't seen it, but I've heard that there's yeah. an old Christian temple from the but, 9th century. Uh, till this, in this time, in this place, settled a pagan temple. Ah, okay. And this temple was built in 6th century. Wow. Oh. And that temple is still here? The pagan temple? No, the Tabayar day was ah, built on top, top of it. The, on top, it's gotcha. like a, in, in uh, ancient Greece and in ancient right. Rome. Yeah, right. when they destroy uh, they, um, the whole the whole building, yeah. but this uh, basement they live. Yep. And build up up this. And when did the people stop living in the towers? The towers are empty. People don't live in them. How long yeah. has it been? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a very sad. Uh, set uh, history and it's a very um, set history in all cook but in was it was uh, it was happened in 1944 mm-hmm. when English people Chichen people and with Bokal and another eight or eleven nationality mm-hmm. was departed deported deported there yeah. in um, the in the Kazakhstan and the middle Siberia and Till this time, people still live there in the tower complex. Wow. Till the 40s? No, the 1940s. Yeah. So, man, like all the tower complexes that we can see in the mountains, most of them peop- had people living in them, even yeah, until the 1940s? Yeah, most of them, there are people uh, still live there. But, wow. But now, uh, also, maybe we can uh, count this on the finger of one hand, of the people who live still live there. Okay. Ah. So yeah. there are some inhabited towers. Yeah, it's a, there's some some someone like a, a chernik. Yeah, how it's in English? Maybe guardian or something. Uh, chernik. A chernik, outcast maybe. No? Ah, okay. Yeah, and but they it mean they when the English people uh, with another nationalities uh, after nineteen fifty seven they uh, start come back to back to their the motherland. Yeah. Uh, they decide that they should live there, but mostly 99% people, they uh, decide that they have to live in the plane. So, listeners, I'm assuming, you most, I'm assuming most of you are not familiar with this history. We have not talked about this yet uh, on Caucus Talk, but what Vishan is referring to is, you know, Russia fought and the, the Soviet Union fought in World War II and Germany actually invaded Russia into the Caucasus and um, near the end of World War II in 1943 and 1944, several of the Caucasus nations were deported by the government to Central Asia and to Siberia. The entire peoples were were put on trains and sent there for 13 years. They were exiled and accused of betraying the Soviet Union. And so in 1957, so of course, and 
many people died in that 13-year period. And what Visan was saying was people lived in the towers up until that time, 1944. Um, and then 1957, uh, the, the government returned all of these nations back to their lands. But from that time on, most people have lived kind of in the plains, like you said. But, you know, uh, till the same, uh, one part of the departed nations, they still live there in the Kazakhstan and in the Kyrgyzia, not only Kyrgyzstan. in Kyrgyzstan and the people too, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so it's also how the, the um, these process, they change people's life. Yeah, yeah. same. Yeah, it is a it is a heavy history, um, and so, yeah, that's true. The diaspora, English diaspora, Chechen diaspora, Balkar Karachai is really big there. Um, wow! So, the towers that still exist today, what are the oldest ones? Like Vavnushki and some of these complexes. How old are they? You know, Vavnushki is a very famous. Uh, I don't know about another uh, other world, but in Russia, it's a very famous place uh, it's included in the top seven of wonder of Russia and uh, Wonoshki wow. was built uh, in, in 17th century 17th century yeah okay it of course it's an amazing place yeah and this stars they, they like they grow up uh, cliff yeah mm-hmm. and they're uh, like built on the side of the cliff yeah yeah, yeah. But the most, uh, now, maybe 10th century, the most old tower. Or wow. maybe a little bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah, this time. Hmm. So I have a question that, uh, for Ramzan. The towers are very unique in the Caucasus. There's a, I think only maybe the Chechens also have these kind of towers. What is it, why specifically do the Ingush have towers? What does it represent about the Ingush? No, what English народ on what English people are known uh, around the Caucasus as Ralai, uh, the people of towers, and uh, other people they knew English people like uh, inhabitants of towers. Wow! So it just always was like that. They always built towers. Uh, the English was known like a builder build of tower hmm. and uh, the nearly nations near, who live near Ingushetia they invite them uh, build their towers mm. and if you will visit uh, Chechnya or uh, Georgia you can notice that the towers they are very similar hmm. but in Ingushetia the Maybe it's my just uh, just my opinion. English English they more more how it's a grace maybe exactly mm. beauty maybe yeah much much higher mm-hmm. and something like this. I just had a business idea. <laughs> Lay it on us. What if we opened an English tower construction company? <laughs> 
It would be like those those treehouse shows in the U.S., but on a whole new dimension. If the English were always the best builders, and like they were getting these jobs in Georgia and Chechnya, Andrew, you know, it would centuries sell. ago, it would sell. We could we could build English tower complexes all over. What are you the guys world. doing this summer? One more. <laughs> the English towers was the first skyscrapers, not in hey! America. Oh, <laughs> that's true. It's a proud proud Englishman. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. So, um, listeners, we've talked about the towers a lot, but again, it's these, he said complexes, it's these little kind of mini villages of towers, and many of them are still standing all throughout the mountains in Ingusheti, and they're just beautiful. It, you feel like you're going back in time when you go up in the mountains to see them, so we, we definitely invite you to come and see. So, let's hear some of the English language. Um, Ramzan. Could you maybe 10 or 12 seconds like recite a poem you learned when you were in school in the English language? I want our, I want our listeners to hear what the language or, sounds you like. You know, a poem that you wrote for <laughs> well, a I think woman. that it would be better if you uh, write English hymn, if you remember it. Ah, like the national anthem. Yeah. <laughs> or sing it. I don't want to say it. There's a refrain that you repeated, the I'll light you thing. What is that? So it's mean that uh, Ingushetia is a, it's mean something of the God, oh, so keep safe Ingushetia. Yeah. And at first it's mean that Ingushetia is a very uh, good land, something like this. It's like their version of God Bless America. Yeah. I mean, something like this. Interesting, yeah. actually, hearing the similarities. <laughs> Why are you laughing so much? You <laughs> know, over here, he's like trying to contain himself. Think, is, it, is it funny? No, I mean, is it funny for you to hear them, or is it just you just yeah, laughing? It's very funny for me to hear them. We. These guys are all, we're all good friends here in the studio, so there's been a lot of, a lot of giggling, muffled giggling happening off the mic. Or on the mic. And really cool. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you jokes, in Russian, because it will be Okay, translate. You know well, this story, Andrew. When in that day, when Всевышний will be the Holy Spirit, uh, when uh, God was creating the earth, uh, Caucasian mm. people, uh, people from Caucasus, uh, they were praying under the tree. Uh, God uh, gave away uh, all, of, all of the land, and uh, co- co- the people from Caucasus, uh, they were left uh, without uh, any land. Uh, and they came to God questioning, uh, why you left us uh, without, uh, without the land? God uh, asked them, uh, what, uh, what did you do uh, when I gave away uh, all of the land? Uh, we were praying under the tree, uh, exalting your name. And then uh, God uh, replied, uh, I, have, uh, I have the best land, and this land is 
Caucasus. <laughs> that's awesome. That something yeah. like this. Yeah. I've heard that before, and that's very well put about how beautiful the Caucasus is. That's so awesome. Well, guys, thank you for being with us. I have one final question for you. Yeah. We ask all our guests. If you could tell the world one thing about the North Caucasus, what would you say? Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> Got it. What about you, Vesan? Uh, I would say uh, welcome to the paradise on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Great. I think some of us are due for a three or more day visit at Vishan's family's house. I think house. so too. I think a lot of us should all show up. Become an honorary member of the Gazdia Ka- family. Is <laughs> so guys, thanks that you invite us in your yeah. house and thanks to your hospitality too. Yeah, but you guys have to leave in 30 minutes. Don't forget that you now in Caucasus. <laughs> we have another tradition. <laughs> kidding, kidding. Okay. Yeah. Get well, Visan Ramzan, thank you uh, for representing the English nation today to the world. And uh, Inal, thank you for representing at least half of the Abizin people. <laughs> um, I can't wait to meet their other half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, too. All right, listeners, well, I'm sure you'll agree with me that that was a real treat. We're so appreciative to our Ingush friends for coming in, but that's not even half of it. Part B comes up next, and we bring in some ladies from Ingushetia, so be sure to tune in for our second half of episode 33.